Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. Greetings and salutations. And Curtis, what are we talking about on the podcast today? We're going to be talking further. We're going to take a further deep dive into the engagement strategy that we started talking about uh, last week because uh, Matt has been going hardcore on Instagram. I've been going semi-hardcore on Twitter, and the reason why we're doing this is, at least for me, is because it's December, and a lot of people quiet down in December. So I'm I'm trying the reverse strategy, because usually what happens is like, at least least in the PR business, um, 80% of all PRs start going quiet, and they take like these two, three-week vacations, and then they come back from vacation, and they have no business, and they're like struggling. I don't do that. So when everybody else starts going on vacation, I usually take a part of Christmas day off and that's about it. And sometimes I'll drink on Christmas Eve. Other than that, um, I'm You'll drink working. on Christmas Eve, Curtis. I'll drink on Christmas Eve. I know it's awful. Oh, I drink like three times a year. It's so bad. So, but anyway, so what I do is I start trying to build up the engagement across my social media platforms and I keep pitching people on email and stuff like that. And the reason why I'm doing that is because no one else is. Exactly. And there's this nice little quote that Grant Cardone has, and I'm sure Matt will love this, which is where he says, if you don't know me, you can't flow me. Now that isn't just with money. That's also with getting uh, followers on social media. That's with getting placements for my clients. That's with getting articles written about them. That's with getting reviews written with them and everything like that. So, if so, someone so can, can not, you say that again? Can you say that again, Curtis? The quote? Yeah. Grant's quote is, if you don't know me, you can't flow me which he means is like, if you don't know who someone is, you can't get, they can't get what they want, want, right? Yeah. So like you can't get reviews, you can't get interviews, you can't get nothing. So like if you're a band and you're trying to get press, if someone don't know you, they can't flow you in terms of reviews, interviews and stuff like that. So the trick is to get yourself known. This is why a lot of bands uh, who don't have a publicist can a lot of times get a fair amount of press. It's because of the fact that, people know them especially bands in like new york city and philadelphia and stuff like that yeah um so like the main thing is that you want to do everything you can to make yourself known and out there and getting especially getting people talking to you now i'm gonna let matt talk for a second while i sip on some coffee since i've been hogging the whole spotlight here oh no but what curtis says is really on point right it's like there's so many bands where like like look at all the death metal bands who are able to who were able to become memes essentially right? Mm-hmm. Like two mold where like the whole, like, but the thing is you checked out two mold because you saw all these people bitching on the internet about how, how many merch designs they have. Yep. And it turned into something, you know, same with mortician. Like I guarantee you the guy behind mortician memes is someone with a vested interest in mortician. Like, yep. like, like, like this is the thing is like, if you're out there getting in people's faces, eventually people will check you out regardless. Like, even if everyone's like, Oh, this band's terrible some it'll eventually start to crack you know and because here's the thing is like for people to talk about you being terrible like at scale you have to be like aggressively bad 
which means you're yeah. still getting a reaction. You know, the worst is if no one pays attention because they're like, oh, okay, this is mediocre. Cool. Now, obviously, you can go to extremes before anybody brings this up. Yes, there is the absolute extreme where you don't want people talking to you about, like the guy from Lost Profits. That was not the type of, uh, uh, you, you know, if you don't know me, you can't flow yeah. me type of press. Something like that, obviously, you don't want. In a, any other circumstance, you want them to know about you. Uh, I'll bet you, I would be willing to bet um, a sizable chunk of money that uh, Billy Eilish's streams in the past week probably spiked as a result of the whole quote-unquote controversy where she said that got mad at Jimmy Kimmel that she looks stupid. Yeah, and like everyone involved in that knows that that's what that was because everyone involved yeah. knows knew that a bunch of old white dudes would get mad. Yep. And and it would lead to more clicks for her. Yeah, you know I, I mean? don't know like, if Jimmy planned it like that, but I'm sure her. I think her PR people did. I could be wrong, but I would imagine because she's still trying to milk it by talking, doing the blast today, saying Jimmy Kimmel made me look stupid. So yeah, now it's but, back in the press. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, this is the thing, right? Is like, everyone going in, like, you know, like, they're pitched what the bit is, like, because I've done stuff like this before, right? Like, yep. they're pitched what the bit is going to be. Like, it's not like Billie Eilish showed up for her interview and then, here, you know, here we go, live on air. Like, they, they knew what the bit would be. They knew what would happen. But yeah, it's just okay. about provoking the conversation. Yep. You know what I mean? 100%. And and I would and I also bet you Van Halen's streams probably went up by a ton, too just as a result of that as well you gotta so, represent van halen brother you do well we don't want to leave van halen out of the deal right um but i mean anyways that that whole controversy quote unquote was mutually beneficial for both parties even though it was quote unquote a controversy because on the one end i mean she's 17 like matt said most 17 year olds are not going to know who van halen is unless they're like hardcore into classic rock or they're into uh metal or that type of thing right so, but most kids are not going to, excuse me while I open up the door for my cat. Most kids are not going to know who Billy, or not Billy Eilish, Van Halen is. And it's the same thing. Like most of them probably don't even know who Ozzy Osbourne is or, you know, Robert Plant leads up on the same thing. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a stupid manufactured controversy that was just garnered to get streams, clicks, name out there. And even if it wasn't, that's what it turned into. Like I use that for tweet fodder for like two days in a row and got a ton of ton of responses on it. It was just stupid. I wasn't even trying to. I just went, this is a stupid controversy. All of a sudden, all these people start talking back to me. You know, people shouldn't be making fun of a kid. And, and, and this is another key that Curtis is touching on here, is talking, yeah. about, talking about whatever's trending is going to get yeah. you more traction because that's 100. what people have top of mind, right? So that they're going to find it, you know, so your average Joe in a metal band who maybe isn't thinking about PR right now, you yeah. know, they are going to think about, they are probably thinking, or at least I've seen some articles about the Billie Eilish thing. Yeah, so that gets them talking to me. And even if they're not in a band and it's a journalist talking to me, that gets them talking to me. So next time they get an email from me, they might be like, hey, it's Curtis. I'm going to open up that email. I might yeah. even do a review for him because I like him. I've had people do that for me before. So it's like an indirect. That's like literally my entire relationship with Curtis is we were friends online. Yeah. And because he was, like, one of the PR people who, like, really took the time, he started to get me to cover more of his stuff. And the thing is, like, this sounds obvious, but, like, a lot of PR people don't take the time, even for people who've, like, been covering them for years. Totally. You know what There's I mean? Few, but not many. Yep. And it's, like, 
you know, or some of these people, I might get like one like nice interview, nice thing, um, you know, one nice Comment. email a year, you know. But outside of like people I know personally, like Curran Reynolds who lives down my street, or um, like Lucy Avarella who I see every few weeks, like locals, local yokels. Yeah, yeah, like like that doesn't count. Like you know, like of course Lucy Avarella is going to be my friend because yeah. we I see her all the time and I play music with her husband. Yeah. Um, Flex, you know, flex, flex. It, it, well, I'm trying to hype that record. I'm very excited. About I, I, I figured that. Yeah, I saw Dave posting about that on Instagram too. Yeah. I just thought it was um, funny. But uh, no, but you know, but like it's it's like stuff like that. Another person who was like Curtis early on, who was very good. Two people actually who were very very good. Uh, one was Cat Jones, who works at Warner now. Mm. So that just tells you how well that attitude uh can how far that attitude can take you because like think about this okay when i was 16 and cat jones cat jones is you know a little older than me but not like that much older you know she was doing uh stoner rock pr and slowly pushing her thing right and after you know and now you know uh seven years later um she's working at warner and i have all these cool label clients and it's like, shit, like we have so much to like collaborate on that wouldn't have been possible. Like she would have gone and done her thing and I would have gone and done my thing on my own. Like we didn't really, and there was a couple of years there in particular where we just didn't, weren't in contact. But like mm-hmm. now she and I have like this great connection point just because we like made a point of trying to be friends when I was 16. You know what I mean? Like, like, like this is what matters is like. Who, who was the other person you were thinking of? Uh, uh, Claire Bernadette from um purple sage pr who now does and this oh, is another great example of someone who tried to be my friend and with her the connection was that oh we both like stoner rock and we're both french um and we oui, we oui. and you know and now you know six seven years into that relationship i hired her to do uh pr pr for ripple you know oui, what oui. i mean like because again she was engaging back and it turned into something greater you know, and she's worked on a few projects for me over the years outside of this Ripple thing, which is more recent. You know, but meanwhile, there are other people where I've, like, there are people who I've literally been writing reviews um, for their stuff for years who never made a point of trying to, like, be friends with me, who mm-hmm. now are like, Matt, why don't you help me do PR for such and such a label? And I'm like, well, because I have my people who were cool to me for years. Well, this, this is a really good point because one thing I noticed when I was a writer for a short little period of time, I think it was like a two-year, three-year period, is that most publicists don't even acknowledge the fact that you wrote a review. Which is so like, strange it, to me. It's weird. Like, 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 like Curtis, and this isn't a dig on you, Curtis, but yeah. you have like three messages you send as a thank yeah. you message, which is yeah. fine. Like I'm not like, like I, but, but, uh, but it's nice to be, to like see that sweet yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, that's my. That's usually what it is. They, uh, well, at least I give an acknowledgement. I'm like, thank you, sweet, thank yeah. you very much. One of those like, three. Like, 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 Curtis has, you know, and then and then he makes a point of reaching out to those people on social. Yeah, by also by always re- I repost pretty much everything that comes that I see, and if I don't repost something, it was a complete accident. But usually, I think I'm like probably the only publicist that reposts pretty much everything on. on everything that I get back yeah 
on all three platforms, pretty much. There's a couple that do it, but not many. I think Asher does it, and I think EarSplit does most of theirs, but not everything. But anyways, the point is... is with, that, with EarSplit, it's a different game just because of the sheer quantity. Exactly. Um, but what were they going to say? So, but the point is, and this whole thing, is that you need to be reaching out to, or reaching out and talking to people and actually doing things that provoke a response. Yeah. So Curtis and, is tweeting a hundred times a day. I'm dropping a hundred Instagram comments a day. We're both seeing our respective platforms growing dramatically. And Curtis has even inspired me to tweet more and be more aggressive on that platform. And I've seen pretty rapid growth. Um, I feel. Yeah. Well, here, here's, here's the thing with Matt. I just want to point out, want to point out, we just checked his stats before he came on for Twitter. He's getting about roughly, half of the engagement i am but that's not but keep keep listening here because that's not a bad thing but he's tweeting 22 times a day so he's and i'm doing about 75 on average i'm trying to do 100 but it's about 75 i'm doing per day so matt's doing roughly half the tweets i'm doing and he's getting roughly half the response so when you scale that out he's getting pretty damn good response as a even though he's not doing like a humongous volume of tweets right so, and one of the reasons why he's doing that is because he's asking a lot of questions on there. He's doing these, saying these opinions, that type of things, talking about, you know, cigars, his hair, and, you know, goofy things, that, you know, will get a response. And I also want to point out the one thing with Twitter is that you don't want to constantly, constantly, constantly be in a buy my shit mode because that's how you turn people off. Yeah. And like, I want to point out also, just, just for the record, this is interesting, but yeah. the non-famous person I know with the highest amount of tweets or highest amount of Twitter followers. Yeah. So that is to say like not a musician or something mm -hmm. um, is this trans girl I grew up with. Um, what? I didn't hear what you said. This trans girl I grew up oh, with. Oh, trans. Okay. Yep. Um, who's like a leading, um, who's like pretty big on uh, like trans Twitter as it were. Um, and she told me, um, and I, uh, she is at a va. I'll probably link her in the show notes. Um, but she, yeah, but she told me basically all Twitter is, is saying obnoxious stuff at scale. Yeah. Well, it is in it, but you also, it depends on what you want to do. Like, here's one thing I wouldn't do. Like, for example, impeachment is trending today. There's like two different impeachment uh, tweets. I wouldn't touch that with a 20, 10 fucking foot pole. I wouldn't go near that. If you're a political ban, go for it to your heart's content. But I'm sorry, anytime you even mention the word Trump or you mention the word impeachment, all you're going to get is a bunch of fucking idiots like crawling down your throat and just trying to start fights. Like, there's no point. People search for this type of shit to start arguments or get into fights or whatever and make, make other people look stupid. So you want to be kind of careful about that because the problem with the political tweets, like I said, is there are people that actively seek those out in order to continue arguments, start arguments, make other people look stupid. It's really not, not worth it. If you're going to be obnoxious, be obnoxious about some, something stupid like Jimmy Buffett. That's what Matt does. You know, tweet yeah. about Jimmy Buffett, tweet about ABBA, you know, something goofy, something silly, something that's not designed to purposely inflame and stoke. Um, what's the right word? Stoke violence in the right word hatred or fights with other people you know what i mean if you talk about a ban that's one thing if you talk about trump or whoever the heck it is or i don't know who's running up against him this year because i don't really follow politics in the u.s but you know what i'm talking about tweet about things 
that we'll get a response. Good example is today I tweeted out, was it yesterday? Um, in honor of suicidal tendencies, which I tagged them, do you prefer Coke or Pepsi? And I did a poll. And you know what? People are responding to that. I'm getting people talking to me. And you know what? That's a good thing. These people aren't talking to me. Again, people aren't talking to me about music or publicity right now. But I can tell you right now, it will pay off at some point. I actually got a client off Twitter last year because the guy entered a giveaway of a band that I was working with. And I reached out to him and congratulated him, congratulated him, got all of his details. I didn't say who I was or anything like that. I just said, you know, I'm working, the, I'm helping the band with the contest. About three months later, he reached out to me and he got PR from me. And how does this work? And so on, from a band perspective, which is important, right? It's yeah. like... This works for them because if, as long as they keep their buy info, their buying info, their merch info or whatever in their bio, people will click because you will be getting profile visits. Yeah, if and if profile, nothing else, you're going to get like a Bandcamp stream. Exactly. So you'll minimally, like if you get put up your Spotify, you're going to get Spotify stream. You put up your Bandcamp, you'll get that. If you have one, even better, if you have one of those link tree things, and you have a link to your Bandcamp and your Spotify and your YouTube, you're going to get stuff off that. Like a really good example of this is All Father. All Father basically built their band using Twitter. They get some PR from me every time. But and this is a not a band people, for the record who, uh, who like play a lot of shows or anything. They don't. They do like, I think it's like one show every four months or something like that it's like not much i mean and when they do it's they're not they're not even in london they're somewhere outside i don't know uk very well but i, I know they're not in london itself yeah could be a suburb i don't know i think but, they're um, nottingham but yeah yeah i think you're right but anyways um the point is is that they sold 150 copies of their album pre-sold with their last record and that was primarily because of the following and the engagement that tom keep the vocalist keeps up with everybody on Twitter. Yes, he's backed up by my PR, which helps quite a bit. But if I, he wasn't active on Twitter, they would never have had those sales because he'll engage at scale. He'll talk about bands. He talks about new metal. He talks about all sorts of shit. And then he'll fire off a, hey, we got this limited edition shirt for sale. Who wants to buy one? Boom, gets a bunch of orders. Same thing a little while later. Hey, by the way, who wants to, you know, uh, we got like six more copies left of blah, blah. Who wants to buy one? Boom, and then he gets right back to engaging, engaging, engaging. And he probably tweets like 30, 40 times a day uh, at least, you know. And that's, you know, how they built the band. So because he backs, backs the PR up with sales and he keeps like engaging with people all the time. And he doesn't just do it when the band's on tour. Their last release was uh, a few months ago. And it's like, you know, they're still going strong. You know what I mean? And that's, so, that, that's a final big key as we head towards the end of this episode is you should like it's very easy to sell bands on like oh hang out and talk to people at the merch stand right yeah but like it can't just be on tour because why because everyone else is trying to get the same people's attention right we are at a record point where we have so many more um fans than or so many more bands than the fans that can sustain them and so you need to either deal with that and accept it or you're fucked basically yeah and the best way what best way of just contacting people and staying in contact is social media like even if you do even if you are posting regularly you need to be stepping it up and actively engaging with people like the posts aren't the end all 
be all of social media. Like on your Facebook, for example, you need to be asking questions. Ripple does a fantastic job of this. Absolutely. Todd, My friends in Stone Death, um, who aside from being advocates of the fact that Epstein didn't kill himself, um, are really good at this. Like they're a band who, um, you know, they only have 3000 Facebook likes or something, but mm. they just, they routinely do questions and they get 40, 50 replies and it just helps big them up. And it's yep. a great way to ensure that there's high engagement. <coughs> and if there's high engagement, then guess what? That means that they're going to be able to get, uh, they're going to be able to get, other opportunities out of it right because it's like oh, okay well people give a shit about us then it's going to be easier to get them to come out to our shows yeah and even now, if you, even even if you don't get a bunch of merch or, or band camp streams or whatever you could have like matt just said you could have a show opportunity which could, which could net you like a thousand bucks just from a tweet that you from engaging with someone now that being said here's just the final thing you have to be careful that you don't become a page for that Right, like you want to make sure, like All Father do a great job of this, of making sure they're a page that is still a banned page. Correct. You know what I mean? Like this is the other yeah. issue that people run into is you're not, um, you know, you're, you're <clears throat> you, you like it's like the same as the bands who post a lot of memes and think that's going to grow them. Yep. Memes are great now and then to get attention directed at you. Mm-hmm but they're not really a sustainable way to promote your band. I agree. Um, and, you know, and same with questions and whatever, like it has to be backed up by engagement that is meaningful and content that is meaningful that people want to see. Anyway, yep. any final points, Curtis, before we wrap up? Um, other than Epstein didn't kill himself. I think uh, the main thing is that you need to get more active on your social media. Even if you think you're already active enough, you need to get more active, especially with the holidays coming up, because a lot of people are going to be taking the time off that should be promoting themselves, and they're not going to be. So if you're continuing to promote yourself during the holidays, you're going to have a leg up over everyone else. Remember, and, remember that I post on Instagram three times a day and drop 100 comments a day, and I still don't think I'm posting on Instagram enough. It's probably not. Neither am I. But there's one other thing I want to mention. And this, this is really key for making this all work. Make sure your profile is up to date with a link where people can check you Absolutely. out. And that's all I got. Anyway, this has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. Are we done yet?